The Green Bay Packers have re-signed Kevin King. Packers Twitter is going to have a field day with this one. Welcome to another episode of Podcast, the podcast where you don't have to be a Packers fan, but it sure does help. I'm your host, Tom. Yeah, I saw this one coming. Doesn't make it go down any easier. Grassi, and today we're going to be talking about how earlier today it was revealed the Green Bay Packers have re-signed Kevin King to a one-year, $6 million deal. The details of that contract have not been released yet, but we're going to talk about it. We're going to break it down and... What does this mean for the Packers secondary? What does this mean for Kevin King? Let's try to dissect this thing. Before we get to that, I want to do a big shout and thank you to some brand new patrons and YouTube members. First, over on the Patreon side of things, we have Kevin Cortez and Duncan Bell. A big shout and thank you to you both. And over on the YouTube membership, we got Tommy. A big shout out and thank you to you. Now, yesterday, the planned video was to actually be looking at all the free agent corners that the Packers could potentially sign. And on that list was Kevin King. And there was going to be an entire segment about how it actually would make sense if Kevin King came back, considering after Dory Jackson got signed by the Giants, that he was like the youngest guy left. He already knows the scheme. Maybe we could bring him back for a cheap deal. And this is why I should have put it out yesterday instead of the Aaron Rodgers video, because now it's irrelevant. Now, I think it's important to note that most likely, even though we don't have the information yet, this contract will not be for the full $6 million. I doubt that that's going to be guaranteed money. It would make a lot of sense if it was incentive-based. So maybe it's going to be a base of four, and there's going to be $2 million worth of incentives in there for interceptions or games played, etc. And the minute that this was announced, Packers Twitter lost its freaking fracking mind. My DMs started blowing up on Instagram. They started blowing up on the Twitters. How could the Packers do this, Tom? We're getting worse. Everything is awful. And I can understand their frustrations completely. Kevin King can be, at times, an infuriating player. And, of course, their last exposure to Kevin King was that NFC Championship game, which was just abysmal in every sense of the word. Thank you, Scotty Miller, for ruining my life. But let's talk about why this move kind of makes sense. And again, this is not necessarily saying I'm happy with it, but I can understand why the move was made, and I'm also just willing to wait and see what happens. So Kevin King is going to be 26 this year. He's one of the youngest CBs that was available in free agency. Obviously, you had fans who wanted to go after guys like Casey Hayward or Richard Sherman, but we got Kevin King back. And I want to make something very, very clear. This also doesn't mean that Corner is not a need anymore. Kevin King right now is a band-aid. If he goes off this year, maybe, maybe something changes and we give him a long-term deal. But unless that happens, I highly doubt that you're going to have the Packers completely pass up on corners in the draft this season. I actually would imagine that they're going to be probably picking up more than one corner. And I would imagine at least one of them is going to be a day one or day two pick. Because we talked about how, in my opinion, CB is the number one need for the Green Bay Packers heading into the draft. When Kevin King was gone, we basically had no one else besides Jair Alexander. Josh Jackson has not been doing well. On top of that, you have guys like Kadar Holman, right, or Chandon Sullivan, but... Yeah, we we needed some depth there, and it made sense to go and get some young talent in the draft. 
But Kevin King himself, of course, is a polarizing player. He spent four seasons with the Green Bay Packers. He's a former second-round pick from the 2017 draft. His best season, I will say, was 2019. He had five interceptions, 66 total tackles, a sack, a forced fumble, and 15 passes defended. So before last season, I was like, ooh, Kevin King... He's going to come into a payday. And then 2020 happened, where for the majority of the year, he wasn't bad, except for the NFC Championship game. He was bad. In 2020, only played 11 games, five passes defended, one forced fumble, zero interceptions, 59 total tackles, and he allowed a 70.3% reception rating, which is... Not great numbers at all. And the problems with Kevin King have always been the same. It's been inconsistency. And on top of that, it's been injury issues. The guy has not played an entire season once in the four years that he's been in Green Bay. And he could go from making great plays and then he could get burned. In some ways, he kind of reminds me of Ha Ha Clinton Dix because that's exactly what you saw with him. Ha Ha Clinton Dix could make those really good plays. And you're like, oh, nice job, Ha Ha. And then he could let a 45-yard touchdown go right past him. So... Yeah, it was the best of both worlds. But I'm also not going to overreact to this because at the end of the day, it's a one-year deal. I imagine it's not for the full $6 million. You have Joe Barry coming in. Maybe they could utilize Kevin King in a better way or at least hide his flaws, which is a big positive. On top of that, he knows the system. He's played with these guys before. And so there's some recognition there, which, listen, I want this is like a, a really important point that people don't understand. You look at the Patriots, right, who have gone above and beyond and have spent a crap ton of money on a crap ton of people in free agency, right? Bringing in a Richard Sermon or a Casey Hayward doesn't mean they're going to be good. Those guys are free agents for a reason. Now, if it was a younger guy like a Dory Jackson, who was also streaky and, you know, was a bit inconsistent himself, I would have been okay with this kind of deal for an Adoree Jackson because it was like, all right, one year prove it deal, which is exactly what King got. But I want to make sure we're being somewhat rational about this because, listen, even if this winds up failing, we're not just going to forego the corner position and be like, well, Kevin King, you know... You get out there, buddy, and you do your best, and the entire secondary is riding on you. So while I understand that there are a lot of fans right now who are very angry and are wondering what Goody is doing, I get it. It's a one-year deal. It's not a multi-year deal. And even if Kevin King only plays 10 games and plays mediocre, it's depth. We're going to go and address it in the draft. Most likely, I'd be completely shocked if we didn't. And in that case, then they don't have to play right away. Corners, you know, usually struggle a little bit in the NFL when they first get there. And so now you don't have to throw whoever we wind up drafting right into the deep end. So I'm looking at this, and while I understand it could be hard to derive some positives for it, it's not the end of the world that Kevin King is back on a one-year contract. But let me know what you think down in the comments below. Are you a fan of this signing? Does it make sense? Are you just outraged? Let me know what you think. You can always find me at TomGrassiComedy.com or at TomGrassiComedy on all social media. See down below. Check out podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and of course YouTube. And a big shout and thank you to all the patrons over at Patreon.com slash TomGrassiComedy and the YouTube members. But thank you so much for watching. I'm Tom Grassi. And as always, Go Pack Go!